Welcome to the Curiously Wise podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Wittig. This podcast is all about women supporting women, mind, body, and spirit. It's a place where we will honor, celebrate, and share women's natural and experiential wisdom through curiosity-provoking conversations, shared stories, and tips we've all gathered along this journey. I invite you to join in the fun as we uncover the unique wisdom we each carry within us. Ready? Let's get curious. Hello and welcome to Curiously Wise. I have a very wise woman with me today. She's somebody that I've known for a while, but I think I'm going to get to know her better today. And her name is Carly O'Connor. And I'm going to let Carly introduce herself. She is an amazing wealth of knowledge about a wealth of things. So I'm going to let Carly go here. (laughs) Thanks so much, Lauren. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So where to even start, right? And I know I always have a hard time figuring out like how to start my story because I've kind of been on this path for the last 21 years now. And I know I'm not that old, but I, you know, I started early. <laughs> earlier than me. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it started with this kind of like fascination with hmm, things are not right. And, you know, I've always been a little like weird, right? <laughs> when I was a kid, my mom, I, I used to astral travel, which I didn't realize until I was an adult, but my mom was like, yeah, we'd be sitting around and then all of a sudden you disappear and we'd be like earth to Carly and you would just be totally gone, you know? And, and later on as an adult, I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, we had a really interesting family dynamic and a lot of trauma and a lot of really hard things that happen. And so it kind of started as a quest to understand what's going on. Why is this stuff happening? Where am I? Who am I? You know? And so we started off with religion and philosophy and psychology and then shifted into the occult and metaphysics and all kinds of fun stuff. And then 21 years later, here we are still learning, still growing, still not really knowing what's going on. I don't know, <laughs> but having fun. Mm-hmm. It shifts and changes all the time, doesn't it? It's like you think you've figured it out and then another wild hair comes out. <laughs> so- yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I know that you and I have talked about this before, and I'm sure you've talked about this on your podcast, but it is. It's like a spiral, right? And these things, they reappear and you're like, hmm, I thought I did that. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, fortunately, it comes up with less severity each time, right? Or with a little bit more grace each time where you're like, oh, I've seen this before. And thankfully, this is so much easier than it was before. Yeah. I don't know if I have talked about that yet on here, but it's something that I talk about a lot with clients and and other people like you. And I know when I was beginning my journey, the, the spiral was tight and I kept running into these, you know, big lessons and big resistance and big, I don't not go in there kind of energy yeah. that I had to work through. And I learned amazing things from it. And now when things spiral back, I go, Oh hell, it's back. (laughs) I got another layer to peel away here. But like you said, it's usually a much easier lesson. It's brought with more grace. I believe that the universe brings things to us in the gentlest form it can to get our attention. Yeah. Resisting, it's a little rougher. But (laughs) if we're like, okay, fine, let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can move through it pretty quickly. Plus, Mm -hmm. you gained perspective and tools from those earlier lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, I definitely had a lot of, what do we call it? Two by four therapy. (laughs) I had two. (laughs) 
Yeah, where I wasn't paying attention. And yes, I was learning about all of these things, but I wasn't putting anything in action. And so I was still manifesting all this crap in my life. But now I can look back and be like, wow, I'm so, so thankful for all of these things that happened. But at the time, I was just kind of like, what is going on? (laughs) Where are we? Like, what is, why is all this stuff happening? Right. And it definitely took me some serious, serious two by four therapy to, that literally actually physically stopped me in my tracks, made it so that I couldn't walk for like three months and I had nothing to do, but figure things out. And that was a real turning point. So it was the worst thing that had ever happened in my life, but it was the greatest gift because look at where we are now. So that's one of those nuggets of wisdom that I like to pull out from these conversations is that often the worst thing that happens to us turns out to be the most useful in terms of how we move forward with our lives and in the world. I think there are two ways that people respond to those things, right? And, And I can see how I could have gone down one path and then chose the other path instead. Because, you know, when you look at the world around you, you tend to find that people who have been through big traumas they either get really judgmental and closed off and bitter and jaded mm-hmm. or they see it for the opportunity that it is. And I think that that is one of the, and you know, when I work with clients now and they're going through traumas, I'm thankful for mine because I'm like, okay, here's your, and, and I use my own trauma as an example of, look, if I was able to overcome these things, right. And they were profound to me, like this is profound to you, then here are your choices. And I think letting people understand that there are choices, like you don't have to go down this path to where it's bitter and horrible and you live in this victim space. You can become empowered. You can choose to live your life on purpose. You can choose to love yourself and understand that all this past programming that you received is not accurate and you can reprogram and you can get something better for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That was getting out of victim mindset for me was huge. And it was unfortunately fairly late in my life. (laughs) It's only been in the last few years that I finally, finally, it was one of those that spiraled back regularly, but that I finally sort of got it that, okay, I can be a victim or I can make a different choice. Yep. And, and boy, what a trajectory my life has gone on since I did that. So it's very powerful. I like to talk about perspective with my clients mm-hmm. because it's one of the things I rely on other people for often when I'm, especially in, in those two by four days, <laughs> you know? why is this happening? Yeah. You know? yeah. And, you know, so somebody on the outside going, well, you know, you could choose this and then that would be, you know, it's like, so, but then you get better at it, I think. So it, it, there's yeah. a lot of gifts from those traumas. I have alcoholic father, narcissistic mother who had dementia and I mean, all kinds of things, ancestral stuff that I'm still working, helping to work through. Mm-hmm. But those are the most profound lessons of my life and are the things that I'm most able to help my clients with. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, very powerful. So how did you I mean, we know your early journey onto this, but you're an actual working healer now. Mm -hmm. So how did that change come about for you? Reluctantly. (laughs) 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 You know, it's really interesting. Most of these things that I am now doing, I was very reluctant. I don't know if I put it in this bio for you, but I put reluctant psychic. (laughs) (laughs) You did not, but I completely understand. (laughs) I've done a lot of kind of past life work to understand the reluctance and understand the fear 
because I had a big fear of being seen and I had a big fear of putting myself out there in the world. And then when I did this past life regression, it was like, hey, you got burned at the stake and you died in the desert and you were stoned to death. And like, that's why. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Because I knew that all those fears were totally irrational because people don't get burned at the stake anymore. Like, right. come on. you know. <laughs> and so I was able to kind of put that aside. But really, there were a couple of things that shifted because I've been studying healing. And we were talking about before we got on here. I've learned a lot of stuff I've been <laughs> yeah. for a long time and just kind of like collecting the things. And really it started off for me to heal myself, right? It Because there was so much trauma and there were so many near-death experiences and so much domestic stuff that I was just such a mess. I know that there's something better. I know that I'm here to do something more. I know that I'm here to be of service and I don't know what that looks like, but I know that it starts with me working on me and kind of getting myself together mm-hmm. and I think when I finally started working on other people, it was a combination of, I had gone to a retreat and did like a walkabout and my walkabout buddy was like, how long have you been doing this work? And I was like 15 years at this point. Right. And she's like, think about all of the people that you would have helped if you weren't afraid to put yourself out there. And I was like, Ooh, yuck, that feels gross. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 15 years worth of people. That's a lot of people. And then after that, like that started to shift my mindset around it. And then people started approaching me. Hey, I know that you do this. Can you come help me? And I stopped saying no. And that's, that's really what it was. And then from there, I was working with another one of my teachers and she's like, you realize that you have soul contracts with people and they can't fill their soul contracts with you until you get over yourself. Right. And (laughs) (laughs) She was like, just face facts. You're a psychic. You do this work. You know how to do this. You are a healer. You need to do this work. So for me, I guess it was a lot of kicks in the butt. <laughs> and then when we uh, moved cross country, cause my husband's active duty and we were in Virginia, we're currently in California. And so when we PCS from Virginia to California, then I don't know, something shifted and I got here and I was like, okay, we're going to do this now. And so here we are. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah. Yeah. But I had started taking clients in, I think 2018 was when I finally was like, okay, get over yourself. And then I went to Sedona that year and did a Paul Selig workshop and went to all the Vortex sites. Mm. And that was a big shift. Uh Right. Uh And then in 2019, I had somebody who approached me. She's like, there's something in my house. There's something wrong with my house. I need you to come work on it. And I had already been working with her as a client. And so I did. And she's like, what have you, why have you not been doing this? And that kind of (laughs) shifted me into accepting that it's okay to do this work. Because I'll be completely honest with you. I spent many years just thinking I was crazy, (laughs) you know, like not trusting that intuition that was coming in, not trusting the, the messages that I was getting and just really just being afraid of it. So kind of getting over that fear and getting over myself, right? Like my personality, body, my ego, because that's all it is. It's the ego saying, who do you think you are? Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. And I still don't, but <laughs> but we're doing it with much more grace, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're a work in progress too. Everybody is. <laughs> yeah. But I know it said that, you know, you can't heal something. You can't help somebody else heal something in themselves unless you heal it in yourself first. And I, I think that that's accurate, you know? Yeah. And, and so I think it just took me a really long time to get to a space where I'm like, okay, I, I do feel better. I do feel like I've healed because I've been 
I've been trying to heal for years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's been interesting. Yeah. It it, it has been a lot more recent than anybody would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I don't remember exactly how long we've known each other, but it's only been, it was only a year or two before you moved that we first met. And interestingly, it's only been since you moved to California that we've really gotten to know each other. (laughs) I know, right? That works. (laughs) It is. The wonders of technology. You have another business too. I do. Yeah. And I I just want you to bring that in because I think a lot of what you do is self-care. And I think that's an area of self-care that we don't really, or most of us are not very comfortable talking about. So share that. Yeah. (laughs) My other business, um, I do pure romance, which is a direct sales company. And we focus on women's sexual health and wellness. And when I got started, I was, so I've been doing that for seven years and it actually is part of the reason why I gained the confidence and the, had the time to move more into the healing work because at the time I was working full time and I'd been at my job for a long time and it was no longer serving. And I knew that it wasn't serving and I knew that I wanted to be my own boss and I just had no idea what I wanted to do. And so I wound up stumbling onto pure romance and The thing that I really liked about it is that it was about empowering, educating, and entertaining women because we all want to feel like we're doing something to be of service. And for me, it was a very practical reason to go into it because sex is everywhere. People are having it. They want to be having it. They're thinking about it. They don't know a lot about it. And I'm married. So I was like, hey, I like sex too. So let's, this will benefit me too. I started doing parties and that's what we do. We go into women's homes. It's a all women. We only work with women which is, I think, very important because one in four women has been sexually assaulted and I'm one in four. And I think it's very important to create a safe space for us to talk about this. So we talk about female sexuality in relation to male sexuality and understanding our bodies, understanding pleasure, Mm -hmm. understanding why our libidos wind up doing what they do and understanding how we get into these ruts and relationships and what to do about it. It's a really cool thing. And I, when I was growing up, nobody's ever like, guess what I'm going to do when I grow up? Because this is not part of my plan. Hey, I'm going to be the dildo lady. <laughs> and I really never call myself that. I'm, I'm a sexual health educator, but I appreciate the feedback that I get from women, right? Because we really focus on taking care of yourself because female sexuality is very complicated. If you look at the drugs on the market, they're like a thousand different ED pills. And there's one kind of medication that's supposed to help with female sexuality. And it doesn't even really work because our sexuality is not just our physiology, right? For us, it is a mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical component. And there are a lot of moving parts that lead us to that healthy kind of sexuality. And so I appreciate that I have the opportunity to help women understand, hey, I'm worthy of making time for myself. I deserve to be a priority in my life, even though I have kids and I have a spouse or a partner and I have a job and I have the house and I have extracurriculars and I have this. Because women, we do it all. We're like seriously magical. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Yeah. But we forget, we get caught up in this momentum of the everyday kind of hamster wheel. And so What I really try and help women see is that, hey, the first priority needs to be ourselves because you can't fill from an empty cup, right? It's like when you fly and they're like, if we need to, the oxygen masks will come down and make sure you put yours on first. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of women walking around not putting their oxygen masks on. So they're suffering. And so we really are asking women to take a pause, 
do some of those self-care things and not just taking a bubble bath and masturbating, which I definitely think are self-care, but also having boundaries, saying no, giving yourself some time and space, allowing yourself permission to just sit and do nothing for like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. or hey, call me crazy, but have a daily meditation practice, right? (laughs) So all those things. And it's kind of cool because I'm able to bridge the healing work with the sexual health and wellness and kind of work those together, mm. which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. I love, I, I'm of a generation where we didn't really talk about it. My mom handed me, oh gosh, what was the book? Our Bodies Ourselves. When uh, I was okay. 13, I was going off to boarding school and she handed it to me. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at it going, I don't know what this is. <laughs> But it's so lovely. And I have a daughter who is very open about this conversation. Right. Which shocks me at times. And I go, oh, that's, wait, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) So the comfort level of talking about our sexuality, I think is something unusual in our culture Yep, and so needed. And so I appreciate you sharing that with us because I think it's really important that we all get the, it's like a vocabulary that we don't have. Yeah. It's always, well, not anymore. It doesn't surprise me anymore. But when I first started doing this, I was always amazed at how little women know about their anatomy. For example, we call it our vagina. Some people call it their hoo-ha or something else, which (laughs) is so cringy to me. And I'm like, please teach your children the proper words for their anatomy because God forbid something happened, but should something happen, you all need to be armed with the terminology to make sure you're having productive conversation. Right. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh, But it always surprised me how little women actually know about their anatomy. For example, your vagina, just the whole, the whole business, the vulva. Mm -hmm. And women are like, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) it's your vulva. (laughs) You need to know this because it's part of your body and we need to be having the conversation. And we have a, a foundation, the Patty Brisbane Foundation which focuses on research for women's sexual health. And they love their motto is sexual health is not a dirty word. Yes. Like, I love this. I'm totally behind. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, my grandmother was a very proper Southern lady, so we, we didn't name any of it. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's ever talking about it ever. No, no, not talking about that. Here, you can read a book. No, that was, and that was a big step. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the early 70s. So it was the beginning of, well, not the beginning, but it was part of the sexual revolution when I was coming of age. So I wasn't quite old enough to be part of the revolution, but I benefited from it, I should say. Right. <laughs> I did too. So thanks, y'all. Like- yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it is really lovely how those two things come together. And it's part of why I wanted to bring it up is because to me, when I look at what you do overall, you're a big advocate for self-care. Mm-hmm. And whether that's healing work or clearing a house, or learning about your sexual health, you really are focused on helping women take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think a lot of us are, these conversations are part of that for me. I want the wisdom you have and the wisdom I have to be spread as far as possible. And so I really, I love how those two things have come together in your work and your purpose. I'm also getting really interested in uncovering purpose for people. So that's, it's sort of fun to look at the big picture and see what the thread is. Yeah. I think I realized for me in my own exploration of figuring out my own trauma and past and learning how to live life intentionally, I think that kind of led me into understanding that my purpose is to help other people do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I do primarily work with women, but I have in my healing work and, and honestly with the, the sexual health, 
I do also work with men, but I primarily focus on women. But if they come to me, I don't turn them away. Right. I I seek out women, you know? Right, right, right. (laughs) But I think it's realizing that my purpose is to help other people unfold in their purpose, I was like, can that be a purpose? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us are are in that vein of purpose, help people feel better, take care of themselves, find the joy in life, which mm-hmm. for me is always about finding your purpose and, yeah. and, and a passionate way to express it. Mm-hmm. I love so, that. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you my rapid fire questions now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do this with every guest, so you're not alone. And I just, I'm looking for like the first thing that comes into your mind when you hear the question. So don't try to do just whatever comes first. So my first question is who is, or was the wisest person in your life? My teacher, Diane. Oh, I've heard you talk about Diane. I love Diane. So I started doing healing work with Diane, I think back in 2007. And she's the one who urged me to start taking, cause she was teaching classes back then too. So she's the one who started urging me to take the esoteric healing classes. Mm-hmm. And I think the first one was like the Anna Karana bridge class. And I, it was so over my head and she's like, it doesn't matter. Just sit in the class, just do the class. And I was like, all right. Cause I'd been doing sessions with her for a couple of years at that point. Mm-hmm. And so then she got me into esoteric healing, which again, I was very reluctant and, and I did it anyway. And I was like, I don't think I'm doing this right. <laughs> but every single time I see her and I do still work with her from time to time, it's a little more difficult being on the opposite coast, but she always, I don't know. She always just channeled like the perfect thing. And she, she has infinite wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she would hate it. She would hate that I said that, but <laughs> which is part of what makes her so wise. Yeah. Yeah. It's humble. You know, that yeah. humbleness is, is pretty good because it does allow for the, the flow of that divine wisdom to come through. Yep. So nice. Okay. So what's your favorite? Okay. And this is right up your alley with what we've been talking about. What's your favorite self-care practice? Oh, it depends on the day. <laughs> Why not the answer you were looking for? No, I've gotten that one several times. (laughs) Yeah, and it really does because sometimes, so like Sunday I had a a, a vendor event and I got home and I was like, man, I am so wiped out. I'm super tired. So the appropriate self-care for me that day was was a really salty Epsom salt bath. Mm. And other days, the appropriate self-care is going out and putting my feet in the dirt. And sometimes it's getting out and getting some exercise. And sometimes it's finding water and reconnecting with water because water is... I don't know. It's, it's my, well, it's my sign and it's my, I just love water. I don't know. I'm a water baby. And then sometimes it's hanging out with a friend and watching a movie. And so I think it just depends. (laughs) You've got lots of tools in your self-care chest there, shall we say? Yeah. It's this massive chest and Mm -hmm. I just kind of open it up and I like rifle through and I'm like, Ooh, this one is good for right now. Mm -hmm. Let's call it treasures instead of tools. I keep trying to find a different word for treasures. It's very masculine and hard. It is. And it's very like, chest. Uh, yeah, well, I feel like that could work with your toy chest too. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what? There are toys in the treasure chest. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I had no doubt. That is part of our self-care. <laughs> yes, I, I totally agree. And as you get older, that part is more important because <laughs> keep things working. 
Yes, and, this is a little off topic, but I get women who are in their 70s and like, my doctor sent me to you because they told me that I need the vibration because it keeps healthy blood flow. And mm-hmm. that's very important because those are used to lose muscles. Yes. So if you're not actively having sex, you should definitely actively be using a vibrator to keep everything flowing and in harmony and in health because that also, it not interferes. That's not the word I'm looking for. It also impacts your energetic health. Yeah. So. It all ties yeah. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and I are going to have more conversations. A separate conversation. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got another rapid fire one for you. What lights you up when you're feeling down? Oh, connecting. The only time I feel down is when I'm feeling separated from source. So anytime I'm feeling down, I know that it is because I am separated from source. So the easiest way for me to light back up is to get back in tune, in harmony, call in my guides, my angels, my helpers, kind of bring that white light energy in. And then, cause you know, I, I really realized this when we moved cross country from all my friends and family and then COVID <laughs> happened. So it was, we moved COVID two years of isolation and learning how to not feel lonely and isolated when I'm in fact sitting here in the house by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's something a lot of us have struggled with for sure. Yeah. But the great gift is that I realized, hey, the only time you actually feel separated is when you are not connected to that higher part of yourself. Mm -hmm. So maintaining that connection. I feel like really maintaining the connection and working on being in flow are the two big things. And everything else, if I'm not feeling great, because, you know, your emotions are your kind of guideposts not feeling great okay we need to look at something right Mm -hmm. and so for me the first two things that i look at are am i connected with my higher self and am i power versus force right so i love david hawkins and that's one of the books that took me like years to read when i first picked it up Mm -hmm. but once i got the hang of it i was like okay is this power or is this force Mm -hmm. and power is in a flow state forces not. Right. You're going to have to give me that information for that book and we'll put it in the oh. show notes because I'm not familiar with that. And that's something I, I have to remind myself if things are getting hard, I'm not in flow. Yeah. And uh, when I am in flow, it all just moves along very easily. So mm-hmm. last one, favorite mantra or affirmation? All is well, all is in divine time. Perfect. Well, all, well. all is in divine time. Yep. Excellent. So can you tell us where the best place to find you online is? Sure. Yeah. The best place to find me is creativezenworks.com. And that'll link to all the other stuff. And eventually we're working on rebranding, standing into what we have become, which is Dragonfly Alchemy Healing. But Creative Zenworks was the original vision. And so no matter when people hear this, we're going to keep that. It'll send you where you need to go. Good, good, good. Okay. And we'll put your socials and things in the show notes so people can find you there as well. Well, this has been a fabulous conversation and I have really enjoyed it. And I look forward to talking to you more in the future, both privately and probably back here on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, way fun. Thank you to all the listeners who are out there. If you've got comments, we'd love to hear what they are. I check them regularly and we'll be happy to answer questions or guide you to resources if you need them. And you'll hear in a moment where you can find me. And I would just love to have you return here and, and play with me some more as I have more of these fabulous conversations with fabulous women and maybe someday a few good men. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from my heart to yours, 
I wish for you happiness and joy, flow, creativity, and curiosity. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. I hope you found a nugget of wisdom that resonates with you. Perhaps it brings comfort or strength or simply the peace that comes from knowing you aren't alone in your experience. Or perhaps it illuminates the wisdom already within you. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort. I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot, our producer, and Sam Wittig, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity.